Welcome back to my podcast where we talk about working your way towards financial independence. I'm your host, Enid Kathambi, a certified financial analyst and educator. Today's episode is a dedication to Mother's Day, which is a few days away from the recording of this episode. So I'm trying to apologize in advance if it's released after Mother's Day. I am dedicating this episode to money lessons from the women in my life. More specifically, my mother, for surviving against all odds, teaching me so much about money management and encouraging me to pursue a career in finance. I have been very fortunate to grow up surrounded by several mother figures. When we have experienced ups and lows, especially personal experiences with my mother, I've also come to learn a lot about money management from them. Most importantly, I have also been lucky to have them live long enough and I can never get enough of the ability to overcome challenges and make something for themselves. So let's get right into it. These are the top five lessons that I have learned from the women in my life. Lesson number one, always having an emergency fund and savings. Have you ever seen your mother and other elderly ladies use chamas to set a few coins aside? Or maybe they were hiding money in jars and under mattresses for future uses. Even when strapped for cash, I've always found it very interesting and enlightening how women in my life always tried to save money. It didn't matter that it was little. A few coins here and there would always add up to a sizable amount that they could use to buy food, household goods, clothes, pay medical bills for the entire family, and even school fees for their kids. My mother, having had the experience of working in a financial institution, has been a big proponent of setting money aside. I remember her insistence that I should open a SACO account the minute I started making some money from gigs back in campus. It is the reason I could actually afford to borrow funds and cater to my last semester's fees and living expenses. And that's a motto I have tried to live by every paycheck. Even in my 20s, when I had no concrete financial goals and plans, the one thing I always did was save money, no matter how little. Lesson number two, tales of bad debt and debt management. Unfortunately, I have watched the debt situation get out of hand in some situations. One of the first few memories, actually this is one of my earliest memories I have about bad debt, was when one of my relatives was hounded by a certain microfinance for defaulting on their debt. Since they were desperate and needed a quick fix, they asked my mom for the help. What was the help? They wanted to use some of our household goods as collateral. The plan was to let the microfinance hold onto the items for a few days as she awaited her salary to check in, repay the microfinance, and get our things back. Of course, my mother had to help, but it came at a price. It's been over a decade, and that's the last we ever saw or heard of the items. My mother had to start buying these things from scratch again. And the stories from some of the women that I know continue piling on, from loan defaults to loan consolidations that left one living paycheck to paycheck. All of these were very unfortunate situations that I saw affect not just the borrower, but those close to them. Unfortunate as the situations were, they made me learn a lot about what can go wrong when debt is mismanaged or when you live in a cycle of debts. So I've always been very cautious with my debts. Throughout the years, I've been very particular about the funds that I borrow, especially when it involves significant amounts of money. Plus, I always try to live by these rules. Rule number one having a financial goal in place before borrowing the money. That way, I can ensure there is a plan for the money and that it does not go towards other activities. Rule number two, besides student's loan, my goal has always been borrowing money to purchase assets. Rule number three, I try not to have more than two debts at the same time. And number four, I am always keen on the terms, especially the repayment period and the type of interest rate. 
I aim to avoid a lengthy repayment period because I know in the long run, it only costs me more in interest payments. Of course, I had some failings along the way. In my 20s, long before I got serious about financial planning and budgeting, digital loans were my go-to solutions for emergencies. Still, I ensured I played by the above four rules when borrowing from banks and circles. Speaking of debt, if you're struggling with your debt situation and you have no idea where to begin, I have several articles on my website about debt management. And most importantly, I have budgeting tools that can help you manage your debt. I have a budget planner book and a budget spreadsheet that includes a snowball debt management strategy, which is an excellent way for you to start managing your debts right from the lowest amount to the highest amount. Check out the link to my shop on the episode description. Lesson number three, investing and creating generational wealth. Have you lived through black tax? Because if you have not, count yourself very lucky. So many people have failed to create generational wealth for their kids and future generations simply because they're being held hostage by the black tax. From supporting their siblings and parents to being the paycheck or the ultimate financial solutions for other extended family members. This makes it hard for them to save and invest. It also leaves many in a never-ending debt cycle because the income they bring is barely enough to support everyone. By the time they retire, it's a little too late. That means that they have little retirement savings and their kids will probably have to take over the baton and take care of them. And so the cycle continues. When we used to joke about trust fund babies back in the days, I never realized how lucky those kids were. Never having the obligation of caring for your siblings, parents, and relatives the minute you get your first paycheck. Missing years of enjoying the benefits of compounding interest because you save or invest little or sometimes you have nothing at all left to save and invest. While some unavoidable circumstances have left many under the masses of black tax, I hope to do the best for future generations. I have seen some women in my life who sacrificed a lot to help their parents, their siblings, when they were at the peak of their career. And when they reached close to retirement age, when they had no time or little money to start saving and benefiting from compounding interest, they were all alone at the end of it. Because unfortunately, to some of these people, they don't see the help that this person extended, but they see them as a burden in their old age. I would hate to be in such a position. Lesson number four, being financially independent. In the wake of the in-laws storming the house and taking anything and everything they could lay their hands on before the old man's body was even cold, my mother had one thing to get her back on her feet, her job and her own assets. These stories are so common. So this is not just my mother's story. I have seen many women play the breadwinner role even when their spouses could support the family financially but chose not to. And others lack even the basics because they have no source of income while their spouses turn a blind eye. The one lesson I have learned through it all is to have my own sources of income. Being financially independent has allowed me to have my savings, to have my own investments account. It has made it easier for me to walk out of situations that could potentially lead to abuse. But most importantly, it has allowed me to own my own assets. And finally, lesson number five. Owning assets under my name. Tales of women losing everything they have worked for when their partners die or leave them for someone else are as old as time. These cases still exist. I just pointed out my family's experience and how my mother benefited from having her own assets under her name. 
and while on paper the Kenyan law advocates for equality between married couples, women rarely have the financial muscle or the protection from the legal process to go after what is theirs during the divorce process or even the death of a spouse. Let's not even get started on the intimidation by in-laws and such parties. Among the many excuses that I have heard, and I say excuses in quotes, is that women did not contribute any money toward purchasing the assets. But in most cases, the woman does contribute. They are either giving out the money to their partner and playing the silent shareholder game. That means these assets like properties will not bear their name, but only the name of their partner. Or... The woman is laboring at home and paying the price of unpaid labor. Given that these are experiences I have seen many around me go through, I have long held the belief that I must own assets. And even when it is a shared property, I always ensure that my name appears on the title deed. I know the necessary details about the parcels, like the location, the parcel numbers, and all of that. And I always ensure I have an idea of where the documents are and at least have a copy of the title deeds. All in all, I have learned so much from the women in my life. Some from good experiences, others from bad experiences, but they were lessons nevertheless. So, here's to all the mothers who have taught us and who continue to teach us. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode as we work towards financial independence. I hope you found it useful and you will join me for the next one. Until then, stay proactive with your finances.